Welcome to the C3 Church Watson Podcast. Our vision is to connect you to Jesus, develop you as a follower of Christ, and empower you to build the church. We hope you are blessed by this week's message. Well, here we are starting our Beyond Natural series today. So moving in the, the supernatural, just that small thing. It's exciting. I'm excited. I'm excited for what God's going to do through this series and through us. I believe he's got some big things to do. So hold on. We're going to launch into it today. It's a privilege to be here and share this with you. So if you're you're wanting to know the title of this message, it would be something like this. Supernatural living, you were made for it. Jesus said, very truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing and they will do even greater things than these. He made it clear that doing great and miraculous works in this life is for every believer. Yet it's so easy to view the supernatural life as something for others. And we qualify it. It's for those who are super spiritual for those with great callings, for the skilled, for the charismatic, for the brave. Maybe for you, it's God doesn't speak to me the way that he speaks to other people. Or obviously they haven't screwed up the way that I have. Or maybe I can't be used to God. I can't even get my own life together. Don't talk to me about the supernatural. I'm struggling with the natural. Or maybe it's that sin that that you've been wrestling with for so long. And that's the reason why God can't empower you. The supernatural life. It's for others, but not for me. One of the greatest deceptions that we can live under as believers is that the things of God are only for a portion of his people. We can exclude ourselves from the eligible group of people that God can use. Nothing will limit us more in life, both personally and in the impact that our lives can have, than discounting yourself from having access to God's power to work in you and through you. Because the opposite is true. You were made for it. You were made to have access to divine help. And I mean more divine help than what three coffees before 10am can do for you. I mean, that's good, but more. So let's see where we sit with this. We're going to take a little bit of a personal self-assessment. You don't have to, you know, yell out loud or anything like that. Just to see where you sit with some of these statements. In your everyday activities, God's divine help will enable you to exceed your natural abilities. All right with that one? In relationships and situations, God will give you divine wisdom, words of knowledge, discernment, and prophetic messages to guide you and encourage others. In your relationship with God, he will give you a heavenly language so that you can connect more deeply with him. In building his kingdom, you will share your faith, heal the sick, 
command miracles, win spiritual battles, and demolish the work of the enemy in this world. It's a bit more uncomfortable as we move along, doesn't it? I'm okay with God helping me exceed my abilities, but heal the sick. So our internal responses to to those truths can be an indicator of where on God's spectrum of usability you believe you sit. Perhaps for some of you, you don't yet know God. You don't yet know this God that we're talking about today whose supernatural power is available. So you've actually never considered that there's more to your day-to-day life, your day-to-day functioning than your own gifts and abilities or, or what it is that you've learned or been trained to do. But you know how you want your life to mean something? How you want to do something of significance? That is your God-given desire to make a difference. So let's take it back a few years or a few thousand. In Genesis, God said to Adam, I am giving you, or all people, the job of governing the earth. Go and be fruitful in it. And then he tasks Adam to name every living creature. So from the very beginning, God purposed humanity to rule the earth and to define the nature of the world that we live in. And if we skip right to the end of the story, in the last chapter of the last Bible, book of the Bible, Revelation, we see that this task that God gave us wasn't just for that moment. It wasn't just for that time. Let's have a look in Revelation 22. And night will be no more. They will need no light of lamp or sun. For the Lord God will be their light and they will reign forever and ever. It was never God's intention that we would be just another part or just consumers of his creation. Our role was always that we would be rulers in our own lives and in this world. And to the only part of his creation that is made in his image. He gave physical likeness. He gave emotional likeness. Likeness in character and spirit. And the mandate to reign in his ways. The ways of his supernatural power. Not even the fall could hinder this purpose. But the impacts of the fall can still today hinder whether we live it out. So the original sin took the authority to rule from our hands and and put it in the hands of the enemy. And while the authority shifted temporarily, the source of power always remained with God. It could not be taken. Yet as God's created rulers, we found ourselves separated from his empowering. But enter Jesus. He's the walking reunion of God and man on earth and the reconnection of man to God's power and authority. He lived the life that we were called to live and he died the death that we deserve to die to restore that authority to all humankind. So before Jesus, the Holy Spirit would descend into the Holy of Holies in the temple. It was behind a curtain, separate from all people. And there was just a few who were anointed to enter into his presence and meet with him there. But when Jesus died, that veil tore from top to bottom. And the Holy Spirit moved on people, descended onto those gathered in the upper room. We know it as Pentecost. And it was unbelievable. 
The scriptures tell us that violent winds blowing through, uh, blew through the house and filled the whole house that they were in. Tongues of fire fell and rested on each of them and they spoke in tongues. You know, you wouldn't expect that the power of God moving on people would be anything less than spectacular, anything less than awesome, and it was awesome. But in the crowds, there was cynics. They couldn't believe it. They thought the people must have been drunk. And Peter, one of the disciples, addresses these crowds. He says, these people aren't drunk. Don't you remember what was spoken by the prophet Joel? Let's have a look. In the last days... God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. His spirit poured out on all people. We could stand again in the authority that was given to us with access to divine abilities, divine energy, and the divine empowering of God to reign. Wow. And yet, while Jesus restored us to the supernatural life, so often we still live with that fall mindset instead of the resurrection empowerment mindset. I know I do. Too often in my life I've limited what God can do through me and allowed lies to take me out. I've told him I'm not qualified, God. I'm not qualified to do that. I'm, I'm not strong enough. I don't have the skills or the confidence. So many other people could do it better than me. Who am I, God? Who am I to do that? In his book, Hosting the Presence, Bill Johnson calls these the lies of insignificance. And man has spoken them through the ages. In Exodus, God appeared to Moses in flames of fire in a bush. And he tells him he is to lead the people, the Israelites, out of captivity to the land that God has set apart for them. Look at what Moses' response was, Exodus 3. But Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? It was an impossible task, no doubt. And boy, did Moses feel inadequate for the role. And as it goes on, Moses voices his lack of confidence, his lack of skill, insecurities, just to help God see the error of his choice. Just need a little bit of help there. But God had made no mistake. He knew Moses. And he was never troubled or deterred by what Moses was or wasn't. What we have and what we lack does not qualify or disqualify us from being used powerfully by God. We will always lack the necessary qualifications to take on the tasks of life that require supernatural empowering and to be rulers in whatever area of life it is that we're called to. We just can't do it in our own ability and strength. Luke 18 says, Jesus replied, what is impossible with man 
is possible with God. Now, for me, I'm passionate about freedom. I am passionate about seeing people healed and whole and set free from whatever it is that's holding them back from being all that God has created um, for them to be. And I've sat with lots of people in a, in a broken and bound place. And, you know, I bring something to that. I've got, you know, my background is in psychology and mental health. I've got skills and, you know, counselling support. And, um, you know, I bring something to that. But there is no amount of skill that I can bring to someone who is spiritually bound that is going to break that bondage. In my natural self, I am absolutely lacking. It is only the authority of Christ that will break bondages. You know, I can talk to people and I pray with people, but unless God shows up, it's going to be an encouraging conversation at best. It's got to be him. You know, I open myself up and believe that he wants to, to heal people and, and wait to hear his voice and see what it is that he's doing. And time and time again, he gives visions and he talks about, he, give, he says words. And, and when I talk with people about what it is that God's shown me or is showing us, consistently it is the key to that breaking of the bond. Because God is good and he wants to heal his people. I can't make the stuff up that God shows. But you know, the point of empowering for me was in my brokenness. I was a broken, broken woman. I went to see someone for prayer myself because I was so bound. And as they were ministering over me, I mean, I was, I don't know if I should get down. This could get awkward. I might not get up again, but you know. God, what are you doing? And in this position, in this moment, God spoke. You're going to set people free. In a place of brokenness, in a, in a place of bondage, God empowered. And every time I've ministered to someone, there's something going on in my life, on in my life that's you know, it's significant, it's blocking me. But it's always him. It's always him that shows up. I just can't do it. People's lives are transformed when they encounter the power of God. And I want to be a part of that. So God isn't worried about what I'm not in those times. And he isn't worried about what you aren't. In fact, the very things that we think exclude us from being supernaturally used by God are often the prerequisites for us being used by God. So if you think your past or even your present excludes you from carrying supernatural power and that you're not worthy, well, Moses was a murderer. But God performed miracles through him and had him lead his chosen people. If you think your lack of skills excludes you from being used supernaturally, well, Moses had a, a huge issue with speaking in front of others. But God used him anyway, and he sent the help that he needs. If you think you're too weak, God says, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I can boast all the more gladly about my weakness 
So that's Christ's power may rest on me. If you think you just don't have the direct access to God that others seem to have, the Bible says you have been seated with Christ in the heavenly places. And if you think you have nothing to offer God, the scriptures say, since we have gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, each of us is to exercise them accordingly. God has given each person gifts and abilities, including you. And he wants to divinely empower you to use them. Jesus was not limited by lack when he fed the 5,000 with five loaves and two fishes. Because the supernatural touch of God took what was and achieved the impossible. God will take your gifts and abilities and he will achieve the impossible through you. If you don't know what God has put in you, come along next week during the 9am service. We have our next steps week two and this is all about discovering you. You can take a spiritual gifting survey, a personality survey and find out how God has uniquely made you and wants to empower you. Because whatever God has put in you is not insignificant. It's okay to ask the question, who am I to do this, God? But we have to make sure that we stop and we wait for the answer. Because God's response to Moses when he was overwhelmed by his limitations was, I will be with you. It is all from him. It's all from relationship with him. Our place of rule, our place of power is the place of overflow of our intimate place with him. To Peter, by his divine power, God has given us everything that we need for living a godly, read, supernatural life. We have received all of this by coming to know him, the one who called us to himself by means of his marvellous glory and excellence. I'll get the band up. After the Holy Spirit came at Pentecost, Peter and John went about doing the work of God with supernatural empowerment. They spoke boldly and people were saved in the thousands. Many were healed, some just by the shadow of Peter falling over them. And when the authorities questioned the power by which they were doing these things, this is what they saw in Acts 4. When they saw the courage of Peter and John and realised that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. We are ordinary people with an extraordinary God who desires that we fulfil an extraordinary purpose and walk in His extraordinary ways. The supernatural life is not just for the special ones. It is for every one who believes and is willing. You are called. You are purposed. You have something to offer. You have access to the divine empowering of God 
to live a supernatural life and make an extraordinary impact in this world. You. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our church, find us online at c3churchwatson.com.au. We hope to see you in church again this weekend.